Welcome to UC Easy's podcast, Get Schooled. At UC Easy, we are passionate about the student journey through high school and the college admissions process. We are experts from around the country that come together on a shared mission to support you. Through conversations with counselors, writing coaches, career and industry experts, former UCEZ students, and even our CEOs, you will learn, laugh, and maybe even cry, but hopefully find yourself on a better path in your own journey. You won't find this level of expertise and passion about the college admissions process from anywhere else. So come and get schooled by the UCEZ team. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast, uh, Get Schooled. My name is Jen Brookover. I'm the director of the College Essay Writing Program. And I'm here today with one of our amazing counselors. We have an amazing group of counselors. And one of our great counselors, Alan, is joining us today. And I'm going to have him introduce himself, give a little bit of background, and then we're going to jump into our topic for today, which is what should you be doing as a junior? You know, what should juniors be doing to get ready for the whole college application process? So Alan, take it away and give us a little bit of background. Thanks for joining us today. Sure. Thank you for having me. I actually, I used to host a podcast back in the day before podcasts were cool. So, but I've never been, been a guest. So I'm excited to be here, but uh, a little bit about me. I uh, grew up in a, in a small rural town and wanted desperately to get out and miraculously found a home at Davidson college, which was a great fit for me, a small liberal arts college in North Carolina uh, I worked a lot in the admission office as a student and then actually as a staff member in the admission office after I graduated. Uh, I was a senior assistant dean of admission as well as uh, the director of diversity initiatives. So I worked a lot with diversity, equity, and inclusion work there. Um, I then got my master's in higher education from Harvard and have since read applications for Stanford and UC Berkeley. So most of my experience being uh, with highly selective institutions on the college side and, and more recently working individually with students, which I have really enjoyed. So I am thrilled to be here and talk about the ever important junior year. Yes. And you, you know a little bit about the whole process, <laughs> too. So this is why, you know, we have a group of experts that we rely on. So which is amazing and what differentiates us, I, I feel, from other companies that are helping students with the college application process is that we have all these experts from career advice, from admissions, from writing experts, from all of this, so that we can just send a quick message if we don't know the answer. And that's education 101, right? I'm, you know what? It's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Let me check with my colleagues. And so it's really nice um, to have you um, on board for that. So we're gonna dive right in. Um, what are, I know we're halfway through junior year, but um, for students who are just kind of now like, okay, I got through my first semester. Now I'm starting to really think about um, college. What are some of the things that they can be doing right now um, from now until you know the end of the semester during their junior year? Sure. So I, I think that junior year is so important, both in terms of your general high school progression, as well as college admission prep, right? So in terms of your high school environment, hopefully we're seeing you take the most rigorous courses that you've taken to date. 
Uh, and these are the last sort of final year grades that admission officers will see in your application. So focusing on coursework, I think, is really of, of prime importance, um, as well as in those courses, cultivating relationships with your teachers, right, as you think about asking teachers for recommendation letters for college applications, cultivating those relationships and being really present in the classroom is a very important piece. Um, also, if in previous years you perhaps didn't have as high performance in classes as you had hoped, you know, transition to high school can be tough. Maybe you've matured a little bit, focusing more on classes. So this is where um, you can almost make up a little bit for those, those first two years if you need to. Colleges generally want to see strong performance throughout or an upward trend in your performance. So now's your opportunity to show that upward trend if you need to. So I'd say focusing on, on your coursework and your classes uh, is really the most important aspect. Go ahead, go ahead, Jen. Sorry, I was gonna say that's that's the number one thing. I tell students and, and parents too, because I feel that many of our students are doing too much. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, your number one thing is your grades. School is first. So even with meetings with me, with my students, I'm like, look, that comes first. And then the other things are important as well, but you got to focus on, on school. So thanks Absolutely. for starting off with that. Absolutely. Most important aspect. Uh, I would also say in terms of your extracurricular activities, this is the time where perhaps leadership opportunities might arise. Uh, and maybe those are elected positions in student organizations, or it, it could be, you know, leadership can be defined in many different ways. So start thinking about how you can make an impact on the activities that you're a part of, whether that's in elected positions or, or in many different ways, right? So think about the impact both that organizations and activities are having on yourself, as well as the impact that, that you're having on them. So as, as you continue to grow in high school, that's where many times we see more of that leadership opportunity arise. And we've um, we've done an entire episode about activities, you know, and about summer planning. So definitely for those listening, check out those episodes. Um, and then the other, I don't want to say infamous or notorious topic of test prep. Uh, mm -hmm. We have an entire episode about that that we did. I did with one of our other counselors, but talk um, about that because that is still an essential part, um, you know, and it's changing, but it's definitely still an essential part of junior year. Yes, if you haven't listened to that podcast episode, definitely go and check it out. But but this is the time to be thinking about testing if you haven't already. So if you haven't already signed up for an SAT or ACT testing time, uh, this would be the time to do that and start thinking about it. And testing is such a hot topic, I think, in college admissions right now, as so many institutions have been moving to test optional policies because of the pandemic. Um, the, the University of California, if you know, is, is not considering testing at all. So things are a little bit up in the air, but uh, it, it's still an important piece and something that students need to, to make sure that they're prepared for, right? Um, but I think that, again, all of this comes secondary to your coursework. So yes, absolutely. Think about some test prep. Go ahead and, and sign up for a time and take that test uh, and prepare well for it, but don't let that encroach on the actual coursework that you're focusing on. I think that's a it not I think I know that's a really important um, piece because there's still this mindset of like if I get almost a perfect SAT score I'm guaranteed you know like I'm good I'm golden and I'm like no there's a holistic review that's done for applications so that is one piece of many many things including what you just spoke about the number one thing with 
all colleges is your, your, your grades, you know, the rigor of your classes, you know, how you've improved. Have you taken some more advanced classes, what your GPA is, you know, so that's just one piece, but that is the most important piece still. So that's really important for students to hear is that, yes, put energy into it, do your best, but taking the test like three, four times to try to go up 10 more points is not worth it. I would rather see and encourage students to put more energy in their classes, put more energy into getting involved in their community and, and their school. Um, and then also, you know, we'll talk about this too, getting a head start on essays um, too, which we also have an entire episode about. So this is a culmination of all the things in junior year, but as you can see and tell, we have episodes on individual topics too. So that's really important to bring that up. Um, and kind of leading into that, these are the things that they're continuing doing. Their grades are most important. This is this is it, your junior year to get that GPA up. Um, can you talk about the GPA that's used for schools? Because I think there's a lot of confusion about which schools use what, weighted versus unweighted. So can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. And it's, it's a difficult question to answer, right? Because every different school uses a different methodology in terms of what a GPA looks like. When I was working at one institution, we actually didn't even consider what the GPA was coming from the high school, right? Many, if not most colleges and universities will calculate their own specific, school-specific GPA, right? And, and they may weight classes differently, whether it be an AP class or an IB class, et cetera. Um, so, but in general, you'll just want to focus on making the best possible grades that you can in your classes, especially those more rigorous classes. This is your junior year course load will likely look most similar to what a, a college level um, courses or including college level courses, right? So that's the best indicator of your performance that you might be having actually when you get into college. So that's those 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 grades in those classes and uh, and especially those rigorous courses um, is a super important part of the application for sure. Yeah, I feel that a lot of my students place way too much emphasis on trying to calculate and figure out their GPA and what what they're going to the college is going to use weighted versus unweighted. And I'm like, look, most schools are going to use the weighted your weighted GPA. And I say the same thing. However, it depends on the school. It depends on how they calculate. We know that the UCs are, are looking at 10th and 11th grade um, or calculating that and the A to G requirements, which is a California UC CSU thing that those of us who are not from California or another state are like, wait, what? And it basically is academic requirements that you have. It's important right now, if you haven't already as a student, to meet with your counselor and to be going through and being proactive about, do I have everything I need to graduate? And, you know, for our California students, or if you're applying to the, you know, the UCs from out of state, making sure you have all those academic classes that you need. Um, I know for several students, it's always like, oh yeah, I never took a visual arts performing arts class, my VAPA, I need to get that in. Um, you know, there's obviously requirements you need for your, to graduate from your high school. So now's the time to be looking at that as you pick your courses within the next month or so. For senior year, you want to make sure you're set and on target for that too. Absolutely. And just a specific note on that as well, I think foreign language sometimes is something that students may not think about in terms of requirements from the college. So you'll want to, to make sure that you're taking the appropriate number of, of foreign language courses um, to even reach the, the baseline of being admitted to the schools that you're considering. 
Um, and even and thinking about the schools that you're considering right now is really a time to start focusing on more in-depth research on colleges. Hopefully you've you've done some thinking and have some ideas of, of the types of institutions you may be interested in. Um, but if you have it now is definitely the time to think about that. Um, and some of the big things to consider like geography and the type of institution, you know, do you want to be at a huge university or a small liberal arts college? The selectivity of the type of institutions you're looking at, the programs available, even extracurricular activities that might be deal breakers for you. If you are a diehard water polo player and that is something that you definitely want to continue doing, that's something to consider as you look at different colleges. So start thinking about um, the the biggest sort of deal breakers uh, in terms of researching colleges. And also if possible, go ahead. Oh, and I would say that's important. I tell my students to do pros and cons lists now as they were doing their research and taking their notes about the schools. And notice students, like I said, yes, take notes because a lot of things start to blend together. After you've looked at several colleges, you're like, wait, which school was that? Like keep, um, a, you know, a Google Doc, keep something that your family can also add notes in about everything, pros and cons, especially because that's going to help you affirm that you want to apply there. Um, it's going to help you with when you have to write the why that college essay, which we can we can talk about. Um, and then also when you have to make your final decision, you know, it's you're going to go back to those notes and look at, was that con a deal breaker for me? Or can I live without the fact that they have don't have a water polo team or is no, I need that and I need these things there. So that's really important to do that. Yeah, and even if you visit a school that, you know, after the tour and information session, you know that that is not the place for you. Still keep notes because figuring out the things that you don't like can sometimes be even more important than figuring out the things that you do. So, so make notes regardless of whether you think this is a school that I may apply to uh, or not. Make sure to keep those notes for sure. Yeah. And let, let's chat a little bit about the college list, because this is this is one of the most important things, too, in addition to your grades, is creating that college list. So we talked about, like, now you should be looking at schools and researching it, but you start with your criteria. What is important to you? What are the things that you want from a school? Um, you know, support and resources, location, have that conversation with your family about financial aid. Um, you know, we are not financial advisors as counselors. Um, so we are not telling you like, you know, that we're giving you resources about financial aid, but you have to have that very candid conversation with your family about, okay, what can we afford? What are we willing to pay? We can't assume and just bank on getting loan, um, not getting loans, getting scholarships. You might, you might not, you know, so you have to look at it as we are going to have to pay for this out of our own pocket and out of, um, you know, loans. So that financial aid piece is important. However, you don't want to knock off a school with the sticker price because you could get scholarships. So you have to kind of look at that. But what I really want to talk about, because you've been doing this for quite a while and, and with very selective schools and that college admissions piece is when you're creating the college list, what is important for students and parents to understand about that college list and about how many schools? I know there's not like a set number, but there is a range that's uh, that's recommended. <laughs> can we can we talk about the college list a little bit? Right. Uh, yeah, the college list so important. So I, I think at at this point it's okay if your college list is pretty long, because especially in the second semester of your junior year, that's a time where you start 
really focusing on narrowing that college list. So to start with, you can have a large number of schools and all of those research pieces can help you start whittling that down. But I would say once you start to really try to narrow and finalize a list, um, I, I don't know, if, Jen, if, if you might pro- might propose a number, but I would say seven to 10 colleges is, is generally a good idea. Beyond that, I think you're sort of spinning your wheels, but within seven to 10 colleges, I think you can have a good mix of schools that are perhaps dream colleges that you would love to get into, but perhaps they're very selective and and what we might call a reach school, right? As well as some schools that, are what we might call a safety school that um, it's pretty likely that you might be admitted, right? We You can never make a guarantee of, yes, you're definitely going to be admitted to these schools, but schools that we would be pretty surprised that you would not be admitted to, right? As well as schools in the middle that you might call a target or a match school that your academic profile fits pretty well in the academic profile of students that are generally admitted from that school. Um, but all of the schools on that list, both reaches and targets and safety should be schools that you are excited about, right? Right? Don't have schools on your list um, just to, you know, especially not to just say, look how many schools I got into. Um, but you want all of the schools that you apply to to be schools that you would be excited to be admitted to and would be excited to attend. Um, and there are, for every student, I believe there are schools in all of those ranges of reaches and targets and safeties that can be great fits. I, I really hope parents and students listen to this because this is, I feel, the one of the biggest issues of, of working with students um, of the college list. Um, I usually say like 10 to 15 tops. That's that's a good range. Once you're getting more to 15, one, you have to pay the application fee for each one. So the, the, the cost is there. Um, as director of the college essay writing program and plugging that with all your essays, you're going to have at least three to five three to five per school of supplemental essays. So those are extra essays in addition to the main personal statement. So we're looking at 20 to 30 possible written responses in addition to the applications themselves, scholarship essays. Oh yeah, and senior year, you know, so there's a lot, there's a lot going on. So it's the workload too. The other piece too, is that what I see over and over again, and I want you to speak on this, you've you've gone to an Ivy League school, you know, of course you want to have and reach and have one or two of those far reach schools, which are the Ivy League schools. But the balance of that list is really important because if I'm applying to all the Ivy Leagues, which students do, that doesn't increase your chances of getting into those schools. They're individual schools. They're not in, you know, and same thing with the UCs. They're individual schools within a system. So applying to more reach and far reach schools is not the best idea. So, um, I, you know, if you could speak on that a little bit, because that is what I hear over and over again from my colleagues of concerns of the student is applying to 30 schools. Um, and I hear from parents and students all, all, all the time about, well, we want to apply to all these and they're all like re- far reach schools they are all Ivy Leagues, USC, Stanford, you know, all of those. So I'm about, let's narrow that down and let's be strategic and target and put energy into those two far reach schools and really work on those essays and really work on that piece. So we could talk a little bit about uh, that. That would be great. Absolutely. That is such an important point because first off, I would never recommend to students to apply to all of the Ivy League schools ever because Columbia and Dartmouth are both a part of the Ivy League. 
they are drastically different institutions, right? The Ivy League is an athletic conference. So, so even though we refer to them perhaps differently than just an athletic conference, they are very different types of institutions. Um, so that's that's one reason not to be applying to all of them or, or trying to apply to so many more high reach or reach schools, but also that actually, I think you will increase your chances of admission if you apply to fewer, because you are able to do more in-depth research on those institutions, find genuine connections between you and the school, and have more time to spend on those supplemental essays and other aspects of your application to put forth a stronger application in general, right? So I think you'll actually increase your chances of being admitted to a highly selective institution if you apply to fewer of them and not just tons of them. Um, and I think to your earlier point about, you know, senior year is still going on amid all of these other supplemental essays, et cetera. And senior year is, we've talked about the junior year, but senior year is also such an important time of making sure that you are keeping your grades up and your leadership um, opportunities may be increasing even more than junior year. And also this is, that would be your final year in high school, right? We, you should enjoy that time and spend time with your family and friends and try to enjoy it as much as possible. So if you're spending all of your time just focused on college applications, you're really doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. And you can see, I mean, they can tell that you're just churning out the essays, you know? So, you know, I'm all about like, if you can recycle one and, and do that, okay. For some, like they always ask, a lot of questions like are, are repetitive of why that major, but when you have to dive deeply into why you want to go to NYU, why you want to go to that school, you got to do more than just like parrot and mimic what's on the brochure and the first page of the website. And you want to really go deeply into it and show that you've done this. And I went here and I did the webinar and I, I did this and I, this, this, I watched this video and like, you really did your homework and your research. Um, the other piece with the college list, which I bring up, and I don't think students really think about this, is that if I'm applying to 20 to 30 schools and I don't want to go to some of them. So I always say, if you're not going to go there, if you got accepted and would not attend, why are you applying? So don't waste the money and don't waste the time. But there's an ethical piece to it too, is that there are students who want to go to that school and you're applying to all the UCs and all the CSUs, but you already know that you don't want to go to blank, blank and blank for whatever reasons, you're taking up a spot, you're increasing that, you know, the admissions work, <laughs> but, and it's also like, so that student who really wanted to go there might not get in or be on the wait list if all these students are applying to these schools who don't want to attend. And I think that is a piece that we don't talk about enough. And that is that ethical piece that I really um, just think is so important to realize too. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Because think about you wouldn't want that to happen to you, right? You you wouldn't want to be, you know, to not be admitted to a school because there are a lot of other students applying who have no intention of going to that school when you're genuinely interested in it, right? And these aren't, you know, it can, when you think about these numbers of thousands or tens of thousands of applications, it's easy not to think about the people behind those, but think about your friends. Would you want that to happen to one of your friends that you go to school with or that you, that you spend time with? So it, it, there are real people behind these processes, which I think we can often lose sight of amidst the, what I would call the college admissions main 
mania, especially when we're talking about these highly selective schools. Yeah. Thank you for that. I, I, I agree with that. So, so I could talk to you, we could talk for hours about this, but because <laughs> of time and attention span with podcasts, um, I know that, you know, we try to keep it to a certain length. So I do want to end though with what is the timeline for college apps? And then we can kind of wrap up because I know that is a big question of like, okay, well, when do I start on my essays? When do I start working on the common app? When do I submit my app? You know, they, there's some confusion about that. So if we could finish up with that, that would be awesome. Sure. So if, if we want to start in, in spring of junior year, if we have current juniors uh, listening to the podcast right now, again, narrowing that college list is a big piece right now. Um, you definitely want to ask, uh, start asking for recommendation letters at this time. The earlier, the better. Um, number one, it's the kind thing to do. And number two, the more time that your teachers have to write a recommendation for you, the better recommendation they'll be able to write. Um, this is also a time when you can start preparing your resume or activities list. Um, go ahead and be listing all of the things that you're involved with and, and think very broadly in that way, right? Not just organized activities, but if you are involved with a faith community or you do community service or you um, take care of your younger siblings after school, all of those things you want to have prepared. So then when you actually start writing the application, uh, it's a, or filling out the application, it's a lot easier to to put those pieces in. We already talked about testing, but again, if if you if you haven't started taking uh, any standardized testing, now would be the time to go ahead and sign up for that. Uh, and then over the summer of your junior year, I think is a great time to work on your personal statement. Uh, Jen, I, I think would agree with that, uh, considering our our summer uh, writing boot camp. But uh, hopefully by the end of your summer, if you have your personal statement or general common app essay, whatever you want to call it, complete, that sets you up so well for your senior year in terms of writing the supplemental essays, actually filling out the applications, um, and then those last chances to, to take or retake any standardized tests as well. Yeah, that's great. And to kind of plug, um, I have to, I have to plug. Um, so we have an essay boot camp uh, for, you know, rising seniors. So this this summer for juniors, it's six to eight sessions that you're working one-on-one -on -one with a writing coach to help you. Um, one of the most important things is to brainstorm, to brainstorm what you're going to write about. So you don't just start writing your personal statement. Like you got to think about what's important to you, what message you want to send, what, what story do you want to tell? Because it is a personal narrative. So there is that narrative piece um, to it. And so you want to take time doing that and spend, it's going to be several revisions of that as well. So we do have that boot camp, So, um, you know, people can sign up uh, for that. Um, but also you can start brainstorming and looking at some of the prompts for the supplemental essays. Now understand they could change, you know, but you can, um, you know, at least look and get an idea. What are some common questions that they ask and start, how would I answer this? And that is really tough. So you do not need, you should not wait till like September as you're starting to fill out the applications like, oh, okay, what makes me a leader? Like, why, why do I want to go to this school? Why do I want to major in biology? Like those questions should already be answered. And if you can't answer them, you need to work on that and articulate that and get it fine tuned of what you're trying to say and what that message is. Um, and, and again, you know, some starting to look at like the timeline of if you're going to do early, any early action schools, and we recommend early action as much as you can, but you got to get your act together to get that stuff in. Most of them are by November 1st. Then there's like, you know, November 15th um, or some deadlines. There are a few out there that are earlier than November 1st. I'm 
blanking on one or two of them now, but there are some like October 15th ones very, very early. So that means everything has to be ready. So you got to keep that in mind that that happens and quickly comes to you. So you want to work on that too. You want to have those conversations with your counselor, um, with your parents of, do we want to, you know, early action, regular decision, um, what that means early, you know, if you're going to be doing early decision and that binding contract, that's a conversation to start having now with your counselor and your, your family. So you understand what that, that binding contract means. And we won't get into all of that because that's that's a lot. And that's a whole other piece, but these are things to start talking about and thinking about. And then you can start working on the applications as they're ready, but the common app will be open this summer that you can start working on it in, in pieces and having it and save it as you go. Um, you know, a lot of things come in the fall and you're going to be going into your senior year. So anything that you can have already set, you can put in there. Now's the time to look at what are the requirements for the common app? What are the requirements for some of the schools that I know I'm going to apply to? So it can be a lot. And that's why it's important to be working with your counselor, um, you know, with UC Easy, hopefully, if you're working with us or working with your, you know, counselor at school too. So, um, so Alan, I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate your expertise and acknowledgement. I am going to use this podcast for all of my juniors because I say all the things that you've said, but it's sometimes like when they hear it from someone else, they'll be like, oh, well, Alan said that. So, so I don't care as long as they know that, hey, this is what I've been telling you. So please listen to this. Um, so I really appreciate the time. Um, is there any last words of advice or wisdom um, that you want to give our juniors and then we'll, you know, sign off. Yeah, I, I think there are so many different pieces of advice I could share, but I think the the overarching best advice I can give, which may seem a little like fluffier advice, but I, I think be kind and try to practice mindfulness as much as possible, right? Um, in terms of kindness, everyone is stressed out by this process. You are stressed out, your peers are stressed out, your parents and family members are stressed <laughs> out. It's really easier to be kind. So, so, and, and hopefully that will be reciprocated as well. So, so being kind, I think is really important. And then practicing mindfulness as well, right? This is, you are having to think so much about the future at this time in your life, but what's happening in the present is so important as well. And that will also serve you well if you, when you're actually filling out your applications and thinking about essays, because a lot of this involves self-reflection. And many times when you're a, a junior in high school, you haven't been tasked with a lot of self-reflection work at that point, but a lot of this really requires self-reflection. So, and that can be rewarding as well. It can be stressful to think about, but it can also be rewarding. You'll learn a lot about yourself throughout this process. And so try to think about those benefits um, as you go through it amid all of the, the other stressful pieces. Yeah, I think that's a great way to end too. Um, I always bring up that no, no college acceptance or rejection or AP test score or grade or anything is worth your mental and physical health. Um, and we do a disservice to our students when we don't speak about that. And we are counselors um, at the heart of this. So yes, we work on college admissions, but we are counselors and educators who love working with students. And we understand how stressful it is and how much you have on your plate. So I always tell my students, like when you're getting overwhelmed, the first thing to do, first priority is mental health. 
and physical health. Make sure that you are getting rest. And in that, I know my students aren't getting rest because they're emailing their essays at three o'clock in the morning. You know, so I'm like, get sleep, that you're getting sleep, you're drinking water, that you're eating healthy, that you're talking to someone and you're having fun with your friends. And I know it's hard with what's going on right now and COVID just adds on to that. So please, 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 that you're using your coping and support. And if you don't have those coping and support systems, this is something to talk about with a trusted adult you know, especially a counselor. So kind of ending on that mindfulness and mental health piece that, um, and this is for parents as well. This is a stressful time. And this is where, you know, um, a lot of times parents will say, I'm so glad that we are working with UC Easy because now a counselor can be helping my child with this. And it's not us butting heads about stuff and getting into arguments over things. And I don't have to be on them about it because the counselor's helping out with that. So please keep in mind balance and mental health and mindfulness through all of this too. So, um, so Alan, thank you. Um, I appreciate, like I said, I could do, we'll have to do, I think like a part two um, of like, Hey, this was January. Now you should be doing a, B and C because there is so much, but please, if you're listening, go back to the other episodes and listen to the individual ones and podcasts are great because you can listen to them, you know, at any time. So Alan, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was a joy. All right. Thanks. Take care. Our team of experts at UC Easy are proud to support students in 26 states. Last year, 98% of our students were admitted into colleges ranked among the top 10% in the country. But what we are most proud of is that we take our students from where they are and help them get to where they want to go. For more about what we do at UC Easy, check out our website at uceasy.com. Thank you for listening.